Storehouse Dallas. All right. So we are talking this week um, about prospering in the kingdom of heaven. Tracy started this series last week. I'm continuing with part two today, and I've entitled it Entering into His Rest. And as Tracy talked about last week, that we have two kingdoms in the world today. We have the kingdom of this world, and we have the kingdom of our God, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of this world is ruled by Satan. The Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air, the God of this age. And he rules the kingdom of the world. And so we see, we look in the world, we see all these nations ruled by different leaders, but really the whole world lies under the power of the evil one, the Bible tells us. But under the kingdom of heaven, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to whom all authority on heaven and on earth has been given, that man rules that kingdom. And that's the kingdom we're talking about in this series. Because when Jesus came on the earth, he came announcing good news about the kingdom of heaven. I have good news for you. The kingdom of heaven is here. Amen? That is good news. And he went around preaching it over and over and over. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. I want you to see kingdom. I want you to think kingdom. I want you to preach kingdom. I want you to live kingdom. Why? Why did Jesus have to repeat this over and over? Why did he have to give all these parables about the kingdom? Why did he have to talk about it so much? Well, because people were so used to living under the kingdom of the world. Their minds have been trained to live under the God of this age, Satan, without even realizing it. And it's just become such a norm for many of us, even Christians, even people who call on the name of Jesus, that we, we, we love the Lord sincerely, we call on him, we worship him, we worship our hearts out, but our mind is so used to living under this demonic system called the kingdom of this world that, that it just, it's like we just constantly need reminders to stay focused and live under the right kingdom. Um, so Jesus kind of presents it this way when he talks about the kingdom. He doesn't quite give this parable, but I'm making one up, and he hopefully he likes it. But the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of this world is like a guy that comes up to you. You get, you get two offers, two great job offers. Well, they look great. One job, the boss is kind of a pain in the neck. He doesn't like you. He always cuts you down. He's constantly setting you up for failure. He works you really long hours with things that you really aren't that good at and that you don't like doing. You're tired, you're sick, you go home, and you take away about a fraction of a percent of the wages that you've earned that day. But then this other job gets offered to you by this guy. we got a great boss. He's very kind, very generous. Now, he definitely has expectations that he expects you to meet, but he wants to help you get there. He's going to build you up. He believes in you, and he's going to put you in a place that's going to cause you to thrive. He's constantly looking for ways to help you succeed, and he makes sure you're taken care of. 
Which job would you take? A, pain in the neck, or B, generous guy? <laughs> B, and really he's A. He's the A game. Um, no brainer. No brainer. And, and I mean, this is, it sounds so simple, but this is really the kind of kingdom Jesus is offering to us. He's saying, I really am a kind king, and I really do have a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I want to see you succeed, he's saying, and I'm going to help you do it. So Jesus offers a much better kingdom than Satan does. Um, However, again, a lot of us, because we're so accustomed to it, we keep living under this bad kingdom. We keep living under this um, uh, um, cursed system. Um, And, you know, the same with the Israelites. God brought them out of slavery. He brought them out of Egypt, and he brought them into freedom, and he showed them all kinds of miraculous provision time and time again to demonstrate his goodness, but their minds were still stuck in that slave mentality in Egypt. And they couldn't get that slave mindset out of their hearts. And they rebelled against God. And they were stubborn. And they did not enter into the rest that God had promised them. In fact, a very sobering verse in Psalms and and quoted again in Hebrews chapter 4, that God swore in his wrath, they will never enter my rest. So the Lord was serious about this. But I have good news for you today. The rest of Hebrews chapter 4 goes on to say, there now remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Amen? Let's read it. That's what we're going to talk about today. Entering into this rest that remains for God's people. Hebrews 4, verse 9 through 11. It'll be up there on your screen. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. Hebrews 4, 9 says, so there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest, so that none will fall through following the same example of disobedience. So there's a Sabbath rest that remains for the people of God. And what God is saying here, a couple of things, that it's available to us, that we can access it, and that we can enter a type of rest like God did when he finished creation, but that it says be diligent to enter it. So it takes some focus. And the reason it takes focus is because we're used to living in the kingdom of this world. And so it takes some focus to say, okay, God, how do I tap in to the rest that remains for your people? So we're going to talk about Sabbath rest and three different types of Sabbath in the Old Testament and how they are a, a picture and a foreshadowing of a reality that we have in Jesus Christ. We ready? So the first one, the Sabbath day. You know, we talked about last week how Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. But then God created the Garden of Eden and he planted them, he placed them in this garden after he rested to live in that seventh day, that day of rest. 
So they're created on the sixth day, but they're planted in the Garden of Eden where all of their needs are met, where everything is there. They walk in intimacy with God, and they, they do have a, a job of tending and keeping and watching, but all of it's there for them. It's not done with painful toil and sweat. It's done out of relationship and intimacy and provision that's already been placed there before them. Um, and so God, he created that seventh day that God rested. Why? Because he was tired? No, because he was finished. Very good. He was completed. The work was complete. God was finished. So he rested. But when Adam and Eve sinned, they stepped out of that place of rest that God created them to live in. They stepped out of that seventh day. And when God spoke to them, he said, cursed is the ground because of you. And through painful toil and sweat, it will yield its produce. So that system of provision of life of, of, of every need is met in the Garden of Eden was lost when Adam and Eve sinned, and then they entered into this earth-cursed system. Cursed is the ground because of you. Painful toil and sweat. So labor became intensive and difficult, and getting a produce required a lot more time and energy and effort. But God, because he loves his people, he would introduce this Sabbath day to give a picture of one day I'm going to restore everything that you had in Eden. And so this Sabbath day was instituted when the Israelites were in Egypt, and it was a provision from God. And in fact, they were commanded to stop working. It was God's way of saying, I'm creating a way out of this hard labor and sweat and lots of time and lots of energy for little produce. And we enter in the Sabbath day, we rest, the provision is there, and we can focus on worshiping the King of Kings. So this was a command from the Lord that they stop working. Um, but the, the, the problem is, in that day, you know, they got their food, especially in the wilderness. I mean, manna's coming down from heaven. I mean, it's a day-by-day day living here. It's not like, you know, they've got the grocery store, they just stockpile up on Thursday or Friday, and all, yeah, we're all set for Saturday. It's like, no, this, this manna comes down day-by-day, day and, you know, we, we love God, and he's brought us here this far, but, you know, he's, he's not totally sure we trust that it. it's going to come down the next day. But how did, so, so they had to gather every single day for their provision. So how could they go an entire day without gathering and knowing that their needs would be met? They gathered double on the sixth day. There was a double portion. There was more than enough. You know, when we are living under the kingdom of this world, under this earth curse system, um, we're in survival mode. We're in just trying to pay the bills. Everything that we're doing, all the decisions that we're make, making about our time, our work, our labor, they are focused on making sure all those bills get paid. 
And so it's just like, we're just going. We are running until those things get done. And if those aren't getting done, fear, anxiety, overwhelming. I mean, it's just, it's intense, but it governs all of our decisions. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, beloved, that's not rest and that's not life. And it's, it's and so we, we hear about God's plans to prosper us and having a dream and having a destiny in God. And we're just like, I don't have room in my brain, in my heart to think about anything besides making sure I get the bills paid by Friday. And it, and what, and, and it's, it's difficult to dream in God when we're not in this place of his rest. You know, uh, we, we love dreams and we, we did a, um, teaching recently, we had Barbie Brethick come in, talk about dream interpretation. And, you know, that's just something that um, I just want to honor. Tracy has really stewarded so faithfully since be- before we even started this ministry. God's speaking through visions and dreams and her stewarding it so faithfully, still praying over those things on a regular basis, daily, just crying out to God and, and thanking him for what he's spoken in dreams and visions. Um, but, but so people, so we've, so we fostered an environment of dreams here. People come in and it's like, how do I dream more? I don't dream. I mean, really the first answer is, well, are you resting? <laughs> are you sleeping? It's hard to dream if you're not resting. And it's the same with dreams and destiny in God. If we're not in his rest, it's hard to dream with God. It's hard to move beyond survival mode. And there's an invitation today from the Lord to say, I want to show you that Sabbath rest that remains for my people. So, The Sabbath day was a gift of God for mankind so that we can stop running, we can get our needs met, we can enjoy the Lord, we can dream with God. Um, But this Sabbath day that God gave to Israel under the law of Moses, a, a single day of rest, it was a type, it was a shadow, it pointed to a reality that would be fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2, 16. It's up on the screen. Colossians 2.16, Paul writes, Therefore, let no, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival, festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. There it is. Things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance or the reality, sub-translations say, belongs to Christ. So the Sabbath day in the Old Testament, as as well as all of the feasts, they were a type and a shadow. They were a picture of something that was going to come and be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The Sabbath day is a picture. The reality, the substance is in Jesus Christ. He is our Sabbath. The Sabbath picture was a day of no painful toil and sweat. That was the picture, a single day. But the reality is a life in Christ of coming out of that painful toil and sweat system. That's really good news. Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In other words, do things my way, not your way, not the old way, not the old kingdom of this age way of thinking. Do it my way, for I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart, saying, I really want to help you here. I'm really kind, and I, I, you will find rest for your souls. This is a promise from Jesus, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is the fulfillment of that rest. How do I access the rest that Sabbath rest that remains for the people of God, you come directly to Jesus. You come to him and say, Lord, teach me how to enter into that rest. Teach me your yoke. Teach me the kingdom of heaven and how that operates so that I can get out of this hamster wheel in the earth curse system. Amen? So, you know what I found interesting about this passage in Matthew 11, when Jesus says, come to me, I'll give you rest, is right after it. I mean, the next sentence in chapter 12 is the Sabbath day. And Jesus goes in and he is giving provision to his disciples and gathering provision for his disciples on the Sabbath day. And the Pharisees are like, don't do that. <laughs> You're not supposed to be doing that. This is a Sabbath. And Jesus responds and says, well, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And I'm going to show you what's really available in the Sabbath. And I'm going to show you the true purpose of the Sabbath. And I'm going to show you that I am the fulfillment of the Sabbath. And so in that chapter 12 of, of, of the Gospel of Matthew, there's provision that's given for his hungry disciples. He heals a lame man on the Sabbath. And he casts a demon out of somebody on the Sabbath. And the fairies are like, what are you doing? Leave the demon in here. It's the Sabbath day. <laughs> you got to cast that demon out tomorrow. You got to heal this guy on the next day. It's the Sabbath, Jesus. And Jesus, he looks around, he is grieved, and he is angry at these Pharisees. And he says, how many of you, if your animal would fall into a pit, would dig him out on the Sabbath day? How much more does God want to heal this man and set this man free and provide for the hungry on the Sabbath day. The rest that Jesus, our Sabbath, the Lord of the Sabbath offers us when we feel tired, when we feel sick, when we feel oppressed, is provision, healing, and freedom. Amen. So, there are two other types of Sabbath in the Bible. We've talked about the Sabbath day and how that's a picture of what the rest that we have in Christ. Um, but the Bible mentions the Sabbath year. I mean, that's pretty incredible. You got a whole day off, but then the Bible's like, hey, there's actually an entire year that people are supposed to take off. Um, and it's, we're not going to go into all the scriptures of it, but you can read about it in Leviticus 25 and in Deuteronomy 15. It just gives all the details. Um, but um, the Sabbath year, what happened is it was every seven years, every seven years, they had a Sabbath year. And so they work, they toil, they labor, they bring in the harvest for six years. But then that seventh year, God says, no sowing, no pruning, and no picking the crops. 
for an entire year. And I mean, that's, that's the, so that the land could have rest and so that the workers could have rest. And I mean, this is, this is intense. I mean, this really takes some faith for people to say, okay, I'm going to like kind of take off a year and just trust God <laughs> to bring that manna from heaven. Um, and, and, but, but, and, and, and the, they were worried about this. <laughs> they were like, what are we going to do? How did they have provision for that seventh year? Same thing as the Sabbath day, double portion. More than enough in that sixth year. They gathered double in the sixth year that would carry them all the way through into that seventh year of rest. Double portion, more than enough. But you know what else happened in these seven years, this seventh year, this Sabbath year? Um, all debts were canceled. All debts were canceled. All debts were canceled. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Deuteronomy 15.1, every creditor shall cancel the loan he has made to his fellow Israelite. I mean, that's pretty intense. How many people in this room need some debts can canceled by the Lord? Okay, Jesus, our Sabbath, is going to teach us how to, how to live in that. And so we got to take his yoke. We got to throw off the old yoke and say, teach me Jesus. So let's read Deuteronomy 15. Verse 1 to 6. Deuteronomy 15, verse 1 says, However, there, shall, there will be no poor among you. No poor among you. Do you see that? Do you see that in the Bible? There shall be no poor among you, since the Lord will surely bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Say, Bless me, Lord. Amen. Bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess. If you only listen obediently, if you only listen to the voice of the Lord, it takes some listening to get out of this poverty, to observe carefully all these commandments which I am commanding you today. For the Lord your God will bless you. Say, bless me, Lord. As he has promised you, and you will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. You will rule over many nations, but they will not rule over you. So we see in Deuteronomy 15 that there really, poverty does not have to be among God's people. You know, and he goes on to say, there, there might be, because some people might not get it. Some people might still try to do things the old way, so there, there might be some poverty. And so don't harden your heart towards your brother if they still haven't gotten it yet, if they're still not learning. But he's saying, I'm teaching you a way to live above this curse. And so listen closely to me. And I just want to be clear, there's no condemnation. My wife and I, we're paying off debt. But we're saying, God, how do we do this your way? Because if we're doing it in the earth system, I'm telling you, it's going to take some time. But praise God, and I've got a testimony later of how God has been teaching us his system and so that we're actually starting to pay that off a lot faster. And God wants to give that to us all. So, why was there no poverty? Why should there be no poverty? Because the blessing of the Lord was on them. Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no sorrow to it. This is a promise. Proverbs 10.22. Get this in your gut. I don't have it up here, but it's in your Bible. Proverbs 10.22. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no trouble to it. He adds no painful toil and sweat. He wants to teach us another way. 
So, in Jesus, um, um, not, our, not only was there provision, but there was cancellation of debt in this Sabbath year. But there was also a freedom of all the slaves. And so, in this picture, there's provision, debt cancellation, and freedom from slavery. In Jesus Christ, who brought good news for the poor, who cancels the debt of our sin, but also the debt of our finances, and who sets us free. We have freedom in Jesus Christ. He is our Sabbath. He is the fulfillment of this Sabbath year. Last Sabbath. We had the Sabbath day, the Sabbath year, but Leviticus 25 gives us another picture of the reality that we have in Jesus Christ, and that is the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee occurred every 50 years. So they'd count off seven Sabbath years. He says, count them off, seven times seven. And then after that seventh one, there's going to be another Sabbath year called the year of Jubilee. And this one, guys, you're really going to love this one. This one's even more awesome. Because not only is there provision during that Sabbath year, not only is there debt cancellation that Sabbath year, not only are slaves set free in that Sabbath year, but in the year of Jubilee, all of your property, everything that you owned that you had to sell off to make it, to pay the bills, is going to be restored to you. Everything Every piece of property that originally belonged to its owner was restored in that year of Jubilee. So over that, in that in meantime, things were getting difficult. They couldn't pay the bills. They had to sell their land. But in the year of Jubilee, you get that all back, like for free. You don't have to buy it back. That's pretty incredible. They got back the territory that they had lost. They recovered ownership of what originally belonged to them. And friends, this is exactly what happens in Jesus Christ. We receive back what the enemy has stolen from us. We receive back our property, our ownership, our identity, territory in our hearts, territory in our relationships, but also territory in our destiny in God promises and, and things that God has spoken over us that we've sold off either through sin or through fear or through unbelief, that when we start learning Jesus' system of Sabbath, that he restores all of that to us. Are you hearing me? That everything that you've lost can be restored in Jesus Christ. Everything in your heart, in your relationships, everything in your finances, everything in your destiny and your call in God can be restored in Jesus Christ. I think this is why Jesus said it, had to say it so many times. Because we're so stuck in the earth curse, in the kingdom of this age. We're so wired the opposite way, that what I'm saying to, to, to you right now is, is very difficult for some of us to hear. It's been difficult for me. Over these past two years, I've just been like eating, 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 getting in the Word. I'm like, God, change the way I think. Teach me your yoke that I can take my yoke upon you because I'm still learning, friends. We're still learning. But I'm telling you that there is a way out of this system. 
And it's going to take some real serious renouncing of the kingdom of darkness and everything we've learned from that and saying, yes, Jesus, your way is higher. Your way is better. I'm committed to learn. And I'm really pleading with everyone in this room today to come to at least that place to say, God, I'm tired of doing it the way I've been doing it. I'm ready to learn how to prosper in the kingdom. So, what's interesting about the Sabbath year and the year of Jubilee, the year of Jubilee, they went through not a one-year time of rest where they weren't allowed to sow or prune or or trim from from their crops. It was two years, (laughs) back-to-back. No painful toil and sweat for two years straight. So people are like, God, what are we going to do for two years? You're not allowing us to work. Then he says this, Leviticus 25. But if you say, what are we going to eat on the seventh year if we do not sow or gather crops? It's a great question. Then God says, I will so order my blessing. Say my blessing. In the sixth year that it will bring forth a crop for three years. Years. When you sow in the eighth year, when you are sowing in the eighth year, you still, you can still eat the old things from the crop, eating the old until the ninth year when the crop comes in. So they, in that sixth year, they get such an incredible harvest that it sustains them for the sixth year, the seventh year, and the eighth year. Three years of sustenance in this year of Jubilee. This is good news. How did they do that? How did they do that? They gathered triple. They gathered triple. Not just double portion, triple portion. More than enough to sustain them that they can enjoy this Sabbath rest that remains for God's people. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. It brings more than enough. And he adds no sorrow to it. This is a picture of what we have in Christ. We can have provision. We can have prosperity. We can have debt canceled, and we can take territory back that the enemy has stolen from us. So, the Sabbath day, the Sabbath year, the year of Jubilee, we have all of these in Christ. They're pictures. He's the reality. And, you know, I think he kind of teaches us progressively. Some some people are quick learners. They're going to jump from right in from like, ah, I've been doing it wrong, to like, right into the year of Jubilee and like they're just those skyrocket learners and I love them. Um, And me, I try to be a fast learner. Um, Sometimes I'm a little slower. So the Lord sometimes takes us from, oh, we're getting this Sabbath day. We're getting uh, rest and provision. We're beyond living to pay the bills. That's a good place to be. But there's more, God says. There's a place of living beyond debt. There's a place of having all of that off of your shoulders. And it it takes again, okay, Lord, there's more. Teach me how to do this. But there's still even more than that. There's the year of Jubilee. There's learning how to access that place in the kingdom realm where it's, okay, Lord, not only am I being provided for and getting debt canceled, but I am taking territory back. I'm advancing in the kingdom. I'm dreaming with God. I mean, on like holy steroids, Because I'm at rest, and I'm dreaming, and I'm going forward in God. See, in a slave mentality, we just, the goal is to stop. 
We're running, we're running, and so we just want to stop. And so we get to a place where we're like, oh, I'm like, I'm learning about the Sabbath day. Where I've, I've gotten beyond paying the bills. Oh, I can breathe again. And we stop. But God's saying there's another place. Yeah, we're, we're paying the bills, but there's still this debt hanging over us. But praise God, you know, we're, we're making more than enough. Yes, we are, but there's more. There's more God wants to teach you. There's more God wants to do to free you and to make you to be a blessing to all the nations. The promise to Abraham was not only that he would be blessed, but that he would be a blessing to all nations. And that is the promise for the people of God. And we want to get blessed, and and we love being blessed. We say, bless me, Lord. But there's another place where it's saying, bless me, God, more than enough, and use me as a blessing to lend to nations, to lend to nations, and take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Guys, I'm being serious here. I'm like, God, I want to get this. I want us to get this. And we're, we, what, what God's just, he's just laboring to get us out of is this mentality of, ah, oh, I just, I can stop for a moment. No, God wants you, yes, he wants you resting, but he wants you resting more. He wants you dreaming more. He wants you seeing the exceeding greatness of his power towards those who believe. He wants you to see that he can do far above and beyond what we can ask or imagine. We've got to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, teach me your yoke. Help me unlearn what I have learned. As Yoda says, thank you. Someone caught the Yoda reference. (laughs) So, how did people have more than enough so that they can enjoy this Sabbath rest, the double portion? The double portion. Without the double portion, it was impossible to enter into the Sabbath rest. Without a provision of more than enough, it was impossible to enter this Sabbath rest. And see, what God says is he's saying, I've supplied this for my people. He really has. Thank you, Nelson, for continuing to laugh. Gotta, I'm being like so serious here. I try to insert a joke, and I'm glad some person's <laughs> laughing right now. So God has provided a double portion for us in Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Luke 4.18, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, good news to the poor, and to uh, bind up brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and proclaim release. um, uh, I am getting ahead of myself. Proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. That, my friends, is the year of Jubilee. The favorable year of the the Lord, the year of God's favor. He's saying today, 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 verse 21, today this has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today, the year of Jubilee is available to you today. This Sabbath rest for the people of God is available in Jesus Christ. It is right here before you today. 
He's saying, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This double portion is here. I want to share a quick story and then just a couple of practical things on accessing this double portion. We're going to talk more about it in these coming weeks. Um, but um, I've shared in the past about just blessing that's come from, um, I've entered my PhD program, just finished my first year, praise the Lord, sent in my last <laughs> final paper last Thursday, praise God, <laughs> slept all day Friday and Saturday, <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, was really resting on Friday and Saturday, seriously. Aisha was like, you know, <laughs> making me soup, and I'm like, I'm tired. Um, so I rested. I was entering his rest. Um, um, and so I'm not going to share all the details of that, but God just really blessed us immensely um, with, uh, with provision for this PhD program. Um, but, um, but within that, my wife, um, uh, about this time last year, transitioned into, into another job. Um, and it's something that looked like a really good opportunity at first, and I believe it was. I believe it was something God was providing as a sort of temporary holding pattern for us. Um, and, and so as, we step, as she steps into that, it's something that looks like a good opportunity, and it is, but we're looking at the, the salary, and it's just like, oh, Lord, like that's not as great as I'd hoped it would be. But we're going to be okay. It's going to meet our needs. We're going to we're going to be fine. And so she steps into that. But even just early on in the in the first weeks of that new job, I mean, it's just such a draining environment. And and I want to be careful because I believe that the Lord used that as a holding pattern to bless us at that time. But it was so draining for it. It was really a toxic work environment um, with gossip, with passive aggression, with just just all kinds of things that as she came home, I mean, she is just wiped every single day. And I'm just like, Lord, I'm like, I'm in my PhD. I'm like doing part-time ministry here. And like my wife is coming home totally depleted. And I'm just like, this is not your rest, Lord. This is not the best that you have for us. Yes, it's providing the means, it's paying the bills, but this isn't rest. And so I'm getting in my promises of God. I'm like, God, thank you that you're teaching us how to walk in the Sabbath rest, the Sabbath day, the year of Jubilee. Thank you, Lord, for the double portion. Lord, show us where this double portion is. We're continuing to sow. We're sowing into this. God, we're sowing each month. Um, um, God bless Gary Cassie. I'm going to recommend this book, Your Financial Revolution, The Power of Rest. I started reading this a year ago. I highly recommend it. So I'm getting in this. I'm declaring promises. I'm sowing um, not only here and above and beyond here, but sowing into his ministry saying, God, I want to tap into this double portion. So we're sowing 50 bucks a month into this and saying, God, you're going to teach us how to do this. And I'm just, I'm getting, I'm having some hard days because this is like, this is so not rest what we're experiencing. And I'm just like, God, you got to break through. You got to show us how to do this. But I'm just continuing to declare the word of God. And then my wife gets a call from an old boss from the year prior. And that boss sits down with her and says, I want to offer you a job as my personal assistant. And that position paid $14,000 a year higher than what she was making in this other job. It paid incredible benefits. 
Um, it is a great work environment. Her boss that she's a personal admin for is a solid believer, loves the Lord. She comes back home, just energized. I mean, it's just like, I started, <laughs> I, I cried every day for a week, <laughs> thanking the Lord. I'm not kidding, like weeping like a baby. Thank you, Jesus, <laughs> because this is rest. I was like, this is the rest. This is the double portion here. And this is not only allowing us to pay our bills, but to have more than enough to put more towards paying off debt and to just live and rest in our soul. And I'm just like, Jesus, you're so good. And I mean, she comes home and she's like, all these house projects that are on her mind. I'm like, you just worked a full day. Like, what's going on? You know, She's in a place of rest. She's in that double portion. And so that is a testimony. That is what God has available. And God has been challenging me even this week saying, Matthew, I want to take you guys higher. There's a Sabbath year here. There's freedom from all debt. There's a year of jubilee. There's a taking back everything. The enemy is stolen. It comes through the double portion, friends. And I tell you, her being in her zone where she is prospering and thriving, not only financially, but in her heart and growing um, in that workplace under a great leader, it's really allowed me to thrive in my school, to thrive in ministry, because my wife is coming home with a heart full. The double portion is here. He's got to show us where it is. How do we find that? And I'm going to close with this. We're not going to turn there. I'm going to let you turn to it later. But um, when Jesus is feeding the 5,000 in Mark chapter 6, he took, the, he took what they had. He, he was saying, I want to feed all these people. How do we do that? <laughs> Jesus is like, trust me. I know where this provision is. What do you have? And so they gave what they had. The, two, the, the bread loaves, the, uh, um, the five loaves, and the two fish. They gave it to Jesus. So the first thing they did, they took what they had, they gave it to Jesus, and then Jesus blessed it. Excuse me. Jesus blessed what he given them. And when he blessed it, remember in the Old Testament, I will send my blessing upon you. And it transferred kingdoms. It went from earth curse into the kingdom of heaven in that moment. So we take what we have. We take our little tithe. We take our little offering above the tithe. We take our little 50 bucks and we say, God, thank you for what you've given us. I bless you, Lord. I thank you. And we sow it into this. Thank you that you're showing me where this double portion is. In Jesus' name, amen. And you can sow into specific things. You can sow into, God, we need a new job here. God, we're looking for this. I've got to pay this bill by Friday. I'm sowing into it. Thank you, Lord, that you are providing this bill for Friday. I'm, I'm sowing into it. And you speak over it. It transfers kingdoms, and then it multiplies. 
But there's more than even that multiplication. The, the needs get met. The bill gets paid. And it's awesome. Your school gets provided for. But in the, in the, I mean, everyone ate until they were satisfied in Mark chapter 6. But then Jesus said, now go and pick up the fragments, the broken pieces. And they brought in 12 basketfuls left over. You know, in John's account, it said Jesus had to point it out and say, pick those up. That's the double portion. That's the more than enough. It's right in front of you. But see, they were satisfied. They were like, whoa, we got provision. We got the Sabbath day. We're excited. But Jesus had to say, no, there's a greater Sabbath. If you open your eyes, you're stepping on it. It's right under your feet. It's right there. And these little, these little fragments can be little things in your business that God can say, hey, here's, if you do this here and there differently, it will bring in more. If you, if you, if you, if you spend your time and your energy doing this and that, if you, if you will, it's right here. It's right here in front of you. If you'll do it my way, if you'll do it differently, you'll access this double portion. And what looks like these little bitty insignificant fragments piles up to 12 basketfuls and takes them on the journey home. We have to open our eyes. As my father-in-law says, open your eyes, boy. In order to see this double portion, we have to move beyond satisfied. We have to move beyond, ah, the bills got paid. Ah, that thing, this job came in. It's not that we're ungrateful. We thank God for those things. But God's saying, there's more. Open your eyes. I want to show you more. I want to prosper you more than you thought I could. And I want to take you to another level. And it, friends, there is labor involved. I'm not saying you don't work, but I'm saying you don't labor under the painful toil and sweat. You labor on assignment. You, Peter gathered on assignment. The disciples gathered on assignment. That when we're in destiny, when we're on assignment, God brings the provision that we gather, we work, but there's more than enough. And that's what God wants to give us today. Let's stand. Okay. So, how do we access this double portion? Jesus, open my eyes. Show us where it is. Show us where it is. For Aisha and I, it was right there. It was in a text message. Her boss, hey, her old boss, hey, I've got something for you. I want to have lunch with you. That was it right there. And we, we didn't realize that's what it was, but then we stepped into it. God wants to show us this, but we've got to move beyond satisfied. If we can start having some worship playing I want to start leading us through some prayer. You know, I focused on what's available in this kingdom, this place of rest. 
I want to highly recommend this book, The Power of Rest by Gary Cassie. Um, he's got a whole series of books um, that have been super helpful to us because we've got to be trained to live in this kingdom of heaven because we're so used to the kingdom of this world. Um, God wants us to soar. God wants us to fly. God wants us to dream again. God wants us to be on assignment. God wants us past paying the bills. God wants us past just enough. He wants more than enough. Not only for us, well, God, I don't need that, but the people around you do. The gospel going to the nations needs you to have more than enough. Because I tell you, the gospel... Jesus' own ministry was supported by wealthy women. So ladies, start making us some money. <laughs> Men, Paul's ministry was financed by a guy who had more than enough. God wants us to have more than enough. And he does it. He, there's a lot of caveats here. We don't get trapped in greed. It's not about material things. It's about, I want to focus on Jesus. And I want what Jesus has for me. And I want to overflow so that I'm not in this beggar survivor mentality. And that I can be an answer to someone else's need and say, this is the God that I serve. So today, you feel like you've been one of those that's been settling. Either you've been settling in the earth curse. You've been settling with... I've just got to do it my way. I've got, to, I've got to make ends meet. I've got to pay the bills. If you've been stuck in that and you're saying, I want, to, I want to come out of that today. I'm done with that system. Or if you've been settling, you're like, hey, you know, I've been tapping into this place of rest. I've hit this Sabbath day, but, you know, like I'm paying the bills, but, wow, there is more. And then I, there's, there's debt cancellation. There's, there's coming into a place of ownership and destiny in God I didn't even realize was available. I want to start stepping into that. If that's you, if you want to start stepping in to this double portion, I just want to have you lift up your hands. This is not lifting up to me. This is lifting up to God. This is lifting up both hands. This is surrendering today. This is surrendering today. We're saying, Jesus, we're done doing it our way. And just pray in your own prayer. You can pray after me or you can just pray in your own words. Jesus, we're done. I'm done doing it my way. I'm done doing it the earth curse way. I'm done settling for less than. I'm done settling for just enough. Mm -hmm.